Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Boulabos. Very good. You That's so smiled. funny. Every time somebody's like, well done, best one yet. I'm like, what are you talking about? It sounds good from where I'm sitting. That's just as an aside, um, right? I've spent the last two days binge watching BuzzFeed's version of Most Haunted. Right? Oh, they <laughs> have these two guys. Is it two guys, one Asian guy, one skinny, uh, tall guy? go to Haunted and it is magnificent. So when I also... Where are you watching? On YouTube. on YouTube. And it, the view, Sophie, they're like 7 million, 8 million. We need to do this IRL, film ourselves. I think it'd be hysterically yeah. good. Cassie, uh, please, guys, do we please. need 8 million views? Like, come on, it's fine. Yes. Why don't I we just go be- back to normal into the safety of the studio? We've got some great baked goods that can bring down, been really finessing things over this lockdown period. Come on in, have a cinnamon bun and a little cup of coffee from next door. We'll just tell our stories and go home safely to our nice suburban homes. No, thank just you. Keep it chill. It's going to be amazing. I agree with Jen. It would I be think we should fucking do... gas. Okay, here's my wish list, right? Camping at the Hellfire Club, please. That's illegal. (laughs) 
Loftus Hall of, but I think we all know Loftus is a bit of a Disneyland. We are. We, I, we already find... agreed on Loftus Hall on the condition that we can watch this track while we're there. It is a nun factory after all. <laughs> I see no problems with that. Natural synergy. I, I think we need somewhere far more intense. I'm going to be honest. I think we need something like Henrietta Street-esque. That would like genuinely be amazing. We had an actual amazing. ghost arrive at a live show. What more yeah. do you want? Nobody <laughs> took that seriously, as seriously as that should have been taken. That was a legitimate, no bullshit, actual event. Like you a have, event. And you have solemnly sworn that you did not set it up. No, 100%, I swear to God, I didn't do it. There's no way I could have pulled that off. You're definitely one of those people who'd stick your hand right in a Bible and tell a lie. I certainly would do that. Yeah. I would do that, but like I'm not Jen, doing that now. Jen would, Jen would swear on her children's life and not even flinch. Like, yeah, but yeah, that's because course. nothing happened. Wouldn't you, Jen? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Guys, do you want to hear but the I, saddest story of all time? I ran out of tea bags, was gasping for a cup of tea, went over to the little shuffa, bought myself a little cup of tea in a star bar for this recording, and it seems that I have picked up a cup with a hole in the bottom. <laughs> oh, no. So it's boiling hot water. Everywhere. Has just been dripping all the way up your office stairs. Starbar. Starbar is such a weird podcast choice. I mean, that thing is going to mow in your I've already cob. eaten it. It's, I've already eaten it. it's gone. I can hear Not it in issue. your voice, Cassandra. That's the joy. I can hear that is the, the cloying residual Starbar. That's just glee. Muffling your voice. That's happiness. That's just glee. Have Starbar was a, uh, like a fucking Moro but with a personality. That's exactly, Starbar is a good crack morrow. It's your, it's your good crack mate you take out to meet your other friends and everyone's impressed and then you're cool by proxy. Yeah, always I know, I think like, do you know when you've got like a family of really hot siblings and you only know one of them and you think, oh, you know the hot one and then you meet the siblings and you're like, oh wait. In the That's not even this, the hot one. You're not, you're not even the hot one. That's what Moro is to Starbar. I think we're all in agreement, though, that Starbar is superior, yes. I'm just 100%. trying to think of that family from my past. I do remember that family. A family of, like, like <laughs> it seemed to be infinite boys. And I, they were just... <gasps> yeah. Anyway. I was thinking of your, your family and being, like, when you meet Jen and then when you meet her, her infinite aunts. <laughs> yeah. All Kathy and all her sisters knock out every one of them. I mean, you are too. You're elderly. all on a par. You're elderly. all star bars. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh. Yeah. Cassie, what um, would Cassie be? I think Cassie would be a Kit Kat. I think it's her length. Sophie, <laughs> you're 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 a fucking um. What are you, you're a Kinder Bueno? You, I can't. What a weird one. White, white. the white one, the white one, like, the white you know, the Kinder kind of, Bueno. Just yeah. the whitest thing that's out there. That's what I am. A little I'm surprise a on whip. the inside. Clearly. You're a walnut whip. Uh, what? what? Walnut whip. No, that has a disappointing center. Take the Kinder Bueno <gasps> with a nice little surprise I... in the middle. Filled with joy. Jeez. I love a walnut whip so much. Like, I can't believe that you've just said they are in any way disappointing. It's just the a only giant walnut. Cassandra sitting on a mountain of chocolate. Stunning. It's just yeah, it's yes. just a chocolate covered walnut essentially. 
Cassie, what are you even talking about? There's no chocolate on the walnut. <laughs> it is literally it is a nude a bare walnut. walnut. It's nude. It's a never nude. It's just crying in the shower like Tobias. On top, atop, a stunning chocolate casing, creamy marshmallow center. Oh, it's, too no. the same it's too much no. chocolate. I mean, so I, I'm not that familiar with dense. them because I don't go near them because they're shit. Um, this is a horrifying revelation. I cannot understand you. The only disappointing thing about a walnut is the portion size. They are too small. You have to eat two to achieve the correct serving size. There are people at home nodding vigorously, guys. I am on the side of right. History, time will I, tell. Well, hang on a sec. Tell. If you were on the side of white, right, white. <laughs> uh, let's not get into this muddy territory again okay but if you were walnut whips would be way more plentiful than they are now you know what yeah, I'm saying yeah I know what you mean like yeah they're not available in every single shop on every single corner it's true and that is because the confectionery buyers are wrong and I am right do you know there's a there's a chocolate bar I've been looking for for years once Go my on. friend gave me yeah. a square can't find it anywhere it's a Ritter, something like that. Ritter, it's like a oh, square. Yeah. Which Ritter? Well, the Ritter flavor. Sport. Yeah, Ritter Sport flavor. Ne- yeah, I've never seen it in IRL since this moment. I one person gave me salted oh almond. Ritter Sport chocolate bar. Hmm. Did you say bolted almond? I said salted. Okay, that's more like a food oh. than bolted almond. Sensational. <laughs> anyway, we should okay, do. So that sounds delicious. But wait, do you know what that's reminding me of? There is a flavor. I have an M&M flavor that I have been hunting for for, I'd say, probably 12 years. Go on, Bill. And the problem is that I encountered the M&M in Amsterdam while under the influence Weed flavor. of some magic mushrooms. And so I can't definitely, definitely know that this was a true event or did I hallucinate these incredible M&Ms? Mm. Are you ready for it? Mm. Yes. Peanut butter, and I want to say caramel M and M's. Okay, caramel M and M's exist. Salted caramel M and M's exist. Blue pack Tesco. Yeah, I okay, feel no, like no, the ca- peanut butter. Then no, I think because I feel like I have had a peanut butter center M and M that like was squishy, so it's not just like a peanut M and M. Yeah, it's squishy. It's kind of like the center is much softer than this is a question for Bon Appetit or the Creep Dive listeners. Has anyone else ever encountered these or were they a product of a hallucination? And what a delicious time it was. Okay. Get oh, that uh, no, a, a brief Google here. There is peanut butter M&M's. I don't know about the oh, caramel, was- though. Yeah. Sort of, uh, yeah. The final thing I wanted to just remember fondly anyone recalls a top deck and what happened to it oh you can still get it are you trying to tell me they're gone the top deck you know the cabris that was like the milk chocolate underneath and then each square each was white chocolate and i felt they were like they were a bit of a wallflower people did not really respond to them but i really liked them i felt like they were incompatible friends like that do you know what sophie Here's a specific yeah. reason why they were shite. Both sides, white mm-hmm. and brown, had different melting points. So when you're oh. eating them, 
The brown ah. went quicker than the white did. The white chocolate tends to sort of somehow some of it, the top deck ones, like be would be a bit waxy. Do you get what I'm saying? No, you're absolutely right because the fat content between white chocolate and milk chocolate, they're gonna be different. It's just you could never yeah, that's fascinating point, Jen. Jen has a very sophisticated palate when it comes to, I mean, Shite confectionery sweets. only. I would say otherwise everything else Poor. is kind of, uh, it's a bit disturbing. The kind of savory stuff you do is a bit disturbing. But your, your palate when it comes to confectionery cannot be faulted. Agreed. I, um, I have a new I, a podcast idea and I wanted to run it past you guys. Oh, okay. It's in the vein of this. Okay, you ready? Go. The podcast is called... A toast to toast. And every week, somebody comes on and just chats for like five, ten minutes about what they like to put on toast. I feel like I want that in my life as a concept. Should I make it? This is my internal. See, you Cassie have that troubled. as your dream podcast. My internal dream podcast is just an animal show where I just talk about animals with people. So that's that's two of what? our interests that's, You need there. to go on the Critter Shed. What the fuck is that? So no, it's the a critter shed. popular Irish, Is it Irish? podcast. Right. Is wow. it? Yeah. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, you could find those people and you could join their ranks or become a, you know, a, I 100% to be a will. That's but, what I'm going to do next. Anyway, but here. Also, we, Jennifer, yeah. your animal shit comes to this podcast. Yes, right? you Fair. bring it here an awful lot. Sometimes uh, I, give it. I can't thing. do to- a toast to toast on the creep dive. Um, yeah, I mean, okay, go for it. Uh, I once Are you did supportive, Cassie. Um, yeah, um, I <laughs> I did once do a history. My his, you know, when you're doing history for the Leaving Cert, and you have that history special topic, and you have to write like a really long research project on something that happened in history. You're talking to two people who, in no way, were smart enough to do history for the Leaving. Nope. But weirdly, somebody else was telling me about the existence of your this history special topic. topic. It's a really great project. Um, I did mine, I didn't do mine on this, but I, we had to do practice runs. And one of my practice projects with the same level of research and intensity, I actually did it on toast. And yes, and how the, I love uh, the toaster was invented before sliced bread, but also they what? were invented at different parts of the world entirely. They were, they were not connected. Wow. Yeah, it was very interesting. Toast fact. I love that. It's funny, isn't it? You think we don't have st- stuff in common and then you find out all this and then you realise we were meant to be, the three of us. The opposite, but I did it to bore the teacher to death, so I um, am not certain about <laughs> so the podcast. Not positive in terms of the Toast podcast. What I was thinking is people could leave me voices, you know, just ta- just imparting their kind of Toast thoughts um, and and it'd be minimal, you know, I like Backwards. the I, I love the idea of the voice. But you're going to get package. these. I like the little voice notes, but you're going to get someone who's coming along. It's like, I just have a little bit of whipped ricotta and a char, a, a charred pineapple slice and a bit of flaky sea salt on my toast and my sourdough toast every single day. That's fucking amazing, Cassie. Did you just make that? I know it is I'm delicious, but Actually, like generally you eat it with a load of lashings of butter. And anyone who uses toast other than, other than anything, other than a vehicle to which to eat butter with, my God, I lost all of my words there. I'm not interested in hearing from. Can I just, why are you drinking out of a keep cup? That's not allowed. COVID. Because I had it on my desk and I poured my, my tea from the holy cup into my keep cup so that I could not spill it all yeah. over myself. If that's okay with you, Jen. 
<laughs> so fucking jealous that you're sitting in the studio now having gotten a coffee somewhere. The studio Amazing. will be available to a select few individuals from all things in phase one going well the 8th of June. Now, which coincides. There's a, to- there's a toaster in the studio, which is actually perfect. Uh, That's a mere my, my, three weeks my pilot episode of a toast to toast. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna make this happen. Creepers, do if it, you're girl. out there and you and you wanna <laughs> you wanna join me, I'd say just two or three thumbs up is all it'll take for me to action the toast to toast. So Kathy's glaring at the toaster, listeners, if you feel that Sophie White needs another podcast. <laughs> Please leave a thumbs up in the comment section for toasting. I'm going to edit all of this shit out. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's just I never won't. even going to make it. Jen's got and the then just tell me. In. It's all going in. It's well, Jen's edit, so animals, everything is going in, I would say. Everything's yeah, going in. And then some additional, additional ad lib there at the end. <laughs> just to ruin <laughs> another song. Uh, welcome back to the Creep Drive. Thank you all for listening. Uh, sorry, this one's late. We lost the last one, but we're gonna churn out some of the good stuff from the last one. It's funny, like because we recorded that and then we've done two zooms in between. Were we all like, "What the fuck did we even say?" I can't remember I what just... we've recorded and what's gone live and what hasn't. Oh, I I remember what was the I remember the story of the la- the main episode, and I'll definitely do it again sometime. But I'll probably wait till you guys can't remember it so much. Cool. Do you know that kind of way? No I can rem- I can remember it. It's it's just exactly. a thing. But like we're getting so many creeps. Our craft creep on a Sunday. At the time I was like, Jesus, that was amazing. And then I walked away and I was like, we just listened to people tell their personal stories of people they know being murdered. And it was so dark. And it came to eight o'clock and we were like, bye. See ya. It's sort and of then it was dark, you two crept great. into But you both it's so funny because afterwards in the WhatsApp you guys were like, That was heartwarming and I was like, Were we in the same zoo? <laughs> like that was harrowing. <laughs> the, the 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 ability of people to share, the community essence of people sharing their own creeps was heartwarming. The nature of the nice. stories was not. Because when people were telling their personal harrow sto- harrowing stories, uh, then after they finished everyone in the chat was like thanks so much for telling for sharing that was so great and i thought like that's nice totally that's you nice. know what that's that is? Was really nice that's especially because the chat can be you know it can be spicy in there too it can be a little salty in the chat so it was lovely to I see the creeps stopped. reaching out to each other I, I i can't keep up with it on a general episode it's too fast it's too distracting Anyway, not when I'm doing my story. Can I? My story. Uh, I have a nice story, a little uh, tidbit for you. I have two tidbits, but my first is, and I'm. Here's a question. Here's. Wait, will don't I forget do, about the guy and his bits. Oh yeah, I won't. I won't. But first, I want to talk a little bit about. Uh, like, here's my here's my qu- query. Well, do one of you want to be? I'm going to do a, a reading, a reenactment. I need another participant. Which one of you wants to do it? Cassie's got her hand up first. Uh, Cassie's got her hand up. I will do it. Who am I playing? I'm putting the link in the chat. Okay. Um, My darling, (laughs) tonight, Michael, you're going to be Camilla Parker Bowles. 
Camilla. Yes, I'm. Are gonna do tampon gate. It's oh, very wonderful. <laughs> so while you're getting that open there, I've, did you get that link, Cass? I have it. I'm just trying to challenge channel Camilla. All right. So while you're opening, this is somebody sent this to us. Maybe can't remember, uh, but it was on the cut last week or the week before because, of course, the next season of The Crown is being recorded or coming out next or whatever but we're sort of galloping towards the princess diana stage can you believe it and um, i've never watched an episode of the crown well it started from the very beginning of whoops the daisy queen elizabeth's uh existence i think and then her reign and all that carry on and it's true it's the true story and we're headed towards charles and diana's relationship and it's funny like as i was reading this and i went back to do you guys remember Diana did an interview and I can't remember who with and the YouTube video is about 60 seconds long but she describes the moment that she confronted Charles and Camilla about their affair and it's devastatingly sad and amazing it's an amazing little piece of um, audio and uh, it's I recommend just popping into Google and say Diana affair and you'll get it but it's very emotional it's, it was an emotional time but anyway so the year was 1993 and a transcript of a phone call between prince charles and his then mistress camilla parker Bowles was published in the press though it was a six minute phone call it reportedly took place in 1989 when charles was still married to diana and camilla was married to this guy andrew parker Bowles, and it included an overwhelmingly horny exchange about <gasps> Prince Charles yearning to be a feminine hygiene product. This is tampon. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> so this is the transcript. So I, could, I couldn't find the recording. Well, I couldn't find it. I didn't go as far as like torrent hunting, but I, I did all the usual YouTube carry on and I couldn't find it. Uh, so this is the transcript from the mirror. Cass, have you got it up there? I'm ready. Me, I'll start. I'm Charles. I'm oh Camilla. God. Oh God. I'll just live inside your trousers or something. It would be much easier. Ha 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 ha! What? Are you going to turn into a pair of knickers? Oh, you're going ha, back ha, as a pair of knickers. <laughs> Charles, <laughs> that was good, oh, wasn't God it? Forbid. I've been practicing. A tampax. Oh. Just my luck. <laughs> you are a complete idiot. Ha ha ha! Oh, what a wonderful idea. <laughs> my luck to be chucking down a lavatory. What? My luck to be chucked down a lavatory and go on and on forever swirling around the top, never going down. Oh, oh darling. <laughs> Until the next one comes through. Oh, perhaps you could come back as a box. What sort of box? A box of Tampax, so you could just keep going. Oh, that's oh, true. God. Repeating yourself. <laughs> oh, darling, I just want you now. Oh, so, do you? It's a disgusting <laughs> little exchange. And the question was, will they include this in that, that, the new series of The, of the Queen? I, oh, the crime. Oh they can God. edit that no. audio there if they want to. Um, just take that and cast <laughs> me as Camilla. <laughs> I'm it's open to new terrible, opportunities. 
scandalously oh disgusting. No, justice afraid. for Tampon Gate. Justice must prevail. They have to put it in these series. It's they simply just, must. They simply must. They can't deprive us of that. Do you know what strikes me about that? It's just, it's just so fucking. It's not even funny. I know. So it's just funny. Do you know the kind of way? The royals aren't like, allowed oh. to be funny. It's literally like a couple of twelve-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the visual of them boning—they're visually very. If you're into that look, alike. They're grim, aren't they? They look—they're not great looking. And Diana there in they're the background, just, just a, like last similar. I'm here. I'm Why so don't you just hot. ride What's me? The problem here. Yeah. <laughs> I just think um, Diana. Yeah. Camilla and Charles, though, they're just like the same kind of flavor of hedge, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. So they had been, they, it looks like they Maybe were riding. Maybe just felt more comfortable with her. I think so. I think sure, they knew each other longer. And they, like, it yeah, looks because like they had been riding from day one, basically. No, no, no. They completely had. And um, like uh, Queenie was like, no. You can't get with Camilla. She's divorced. End of. Basically. Is that the reason why he couldn't get with Camilla? I'm pretty certain that that was it. That uh, yeah, um, and that's that. Yeah, grim, grim, Grims, grim, though, grim. I mean, honestly, do you know what? It all is just so. They're just. They're not very smart, are they? The royals. They're not allowed yeah. to be. Like it's just the most kind of. It's just weak. It's just a real weak kind of joke. Sex chat. Do you know chat. the way? I know. Like, it's not even sex chat. It's like, it's there. I don't know. I just feel like you could I know. definitely make a better joke. I know. Or about, just like, like, even just dirtier. being like, oh, be, well, A, just do the sex chat right, which, mm, you know. Look, Irish and English, we have a similar sensibility that does prohibit us being very good at sex chat. I mean, it does always sound a bit awkward and just like, Ugh. but like, it's just so kind of, it's just so juvenile. Why not? Like, what is the, how does it begin again? I could just live in your trousers. Like, That'd be easier, implying that know, they sort of would. Just be smarter about it. I could be your gusset. It's just so obvious. Gusset is the tampon. least sexy. Well, no, tampon is the least sexy thing. But like, gusset doesn't sound much sexier. I know, but I think that's that the Irish English just inability. More amusing. Gusset. We're just crap. Have you guys ever done any sex chat? Hell, mm. well, maybe back in the. Do you remember Nokia Nokia thirty two ten days? Pre now pre yeah. cameras on the phone. You might do a bit of sex. Yeah, and you do the odd kind of. Well, you'd be kind of doing a bit of like, like verbal sexting. So for the speed at which we could have tech, we texted back then was unbelievable. Jesus. We texted at the same Just speed the at which we're talking and we had to go through the letters. That's right. Yeah. Did Amazing. you not have predictive text? No, but if no, you didn't even. Do you know what yeah. I find now? This is very, it's moving away slightly from sex chat, but. No harm. I used to be able to text. I used to be able to text while cycling and I wouldn't have to look at my phone. And I find now that with all the tech advances, advances of a smartphone, you cannot text while riding a bike without it being very significantly more dangerous. But you could have your hands free in a voice note as you should be doing. That's, 
That's very true. Or you can get off the um, bike, park up and text now in a safe manner. That I, that, are you doing, are you doing sex chat there, Catherine? Right now. Is that, that little reprimand was quite Oh hot. my God, please never <laughs> say that again. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think if I've ever really done it. I oh, you would have so just... around the time. Oh, no, we used to have, do you remember? Definitely probably. It would have been more, it would have been phone call long do you remember yeah. you used to ring your first boyfriends and you'd be on for like hours all through the night three yeah. hours four hours yeah burned off you just yeah. out of sheer Jesus, boredom you just have resulted in i'm stuffing my phone down my knickers as i speak i mean it's hard it's hard one now that we just have the visuals it's like just send me a pic of your yeah that's labia actually... and call this a day <laughs> Anyway, so that's, um, a, that's a little bit of a creep of the week. Charles, I guess. Charles. That Prince was Charles. brilliant. I really enjoyed that. Thank you, guys. Oh, pleasure. <laughs> pleasure. Always. Anytime. Uh, what, what are we bringing to the table? Um, I have a creep sent in from longtime creep, Katrina McCarthy, our favorite yeah. roadie, um, yeah. who sent me on Debbie. the story of Dorothy Edie who uh, was basically one of the most prolific stories of, of reincarnation of our time. Huh. Hmm. Like as in she reincarnated loads? No, she just, her, her detail of her reincarnation is so specific that a lot of people refer to this as like definitive, well, not a definitive proof, but as proof that reincarnation is a thing. Do you believe in reincarnation? No. Well, I mean, knowing Charles's look, he'd come back as a tampon. Um, that is such a perfect segue into a reincarnation mm-hmm. story. Uh, no, I, I, I don't think I believe in reincarnation. Interesting. Um, my mother is a massive believer in reincarnation and in fact believes wholeheartedly that she was a, in her own words, an African princess in her previous life and um yeah. yeah over has has told many trish many of my friends and has brought it up many times and feels a, a certain affinity to african music um so i choose not to believe in reincarnation no the funniest thing you'll ever hear is that i've actually traveled to um east africa quite a few times and Lydia and I were over there a few years ago and we bought, so when you obviously, you know, like kind of traditional sort of Kenyan and Tanzanian souvenirs are these handcrafted wooden um, figurines of the Maasai tribe and different things like that. And you can get like little, you know, wooden characters of the, the big five. So we bought these two statues of Maasai women and bought them, I think, in the airport in Nairobi uh, or in somewhere, like, in a shop. Like, nowhere specific, nowhere particularly cultural, culturally significant, nor did we believe them to be of any significance. And when we returned home to Ireland, we told my mother that someone came up to us and approached us when we were visiting the Maasai Mara tribe and someone had walked out of a hut come up to us and said give these to your mother <laughs> and we told her that we were visiting the naive tribe in 
Tanzania. And to this day, there's still pride of praise in, in the back room at home. <laughs> and Trish, Trish is an avid creep. So we'll listen to it's this. It's about time. Is this the first, is this her learning? That this, this is the first time. Oh, Give these to your Trish. mother. We bought them in the Trish, airport. your loin fruit Cassandra Delaney is undeserving of you. We'll punish it her too, for you, it, Trish. It, it kept us lolling all the way home. Um, so my mother may or may not be reincarnated, but one woman who certainly believes that she has been reincarnated was Dorothy Eady. So Dorothy Louise Eady, who was also known as Om Seti, was born on the 16th of January 1904 to, uh, she was born in London to an Irish lower middle class family and she was the only child of Reuben Ernest Eady and Master Taylor and Caroline Mary Eady. She was raised near a coastal town. And at the age of three, after falling down a flight of stairs, she began exhibiting strange behaviour, asking that she be brought home. She developed foreign language syndrome. This caused some conflict in her <laughs> early life. What a made-up sounding syndrome. No, What's foreign language syndrome is a medical condition, condition where patients who have head injuries develop speech patterns that are perceived as speaking a foreign accent that's different from their native accent. Um, that's fascinating I've never heard have of you that. not it's quite common no. that like you wake up from a head injury and your speech has changed so it's obviously just a change in your speech but that it might mimic the sound of someone speaking English from a, you know. yeah that it's like not their mother tongue yeah yeah um, fascinating her Sunday school teacher requested her parents keep her away from class because she compared Christianity with heathen ancient Egyptian religion she was expelled from her girls' school after she refused to sing a hymn that called on God to curse the swart of Egyptians. And her regular Go visits on, to, to Mass, which she, she... Her regular visits to Mass, which she reminded her of the old religion, were terminated after her, the priest visited her parents. So basically, just as a young child, she was wandering around talking about this old religion, um, having this affinity for Egypt, and... Um, talking about things that were at deemed to be entirely un-Catholic, un-Christian. So she was banned from going to Mass and Sunday school. Now, can I ask a quick question? Because mm-hmm. you said she was like about three when she had the fall. Mm. So the foreign language syndrome, not to be kind of dwelling on it, but like my three-year-old doesn't speak English like, I mean... Do you know what I mean? Like, I think it probably in, it probably like... emerged as she was growing up, though, as like her speech developed. Okay, okay. Because I was thinking about Ari, and I was like, I mean, he, his accent, you know, he's he basically ha- he speaks with the voice of Bjork. It's actually quite terrifying. Foreign right? language syndrome. <laughs> okay, thank you. So it was developing. Um, so it was developing as she was growing older. So. Her parents then took her to the British Museum and she uh, saw a photograph in the New Kingdom Temple exhibits called this. And then when she saw it was a picture of Egypt and when she saw it, she called out, this is my home. But where are the trees? Where are the gardens? So it was a temple of Seti I, the father of Ramesses the Great. Uh, She ran around the Egyptian rooms saying that she was amongst her people and started kissing the statue's feet. She took every opportunity after that to visit the British Museum. And she eventually met um, a famous Egypt, uh, Egyptologist, Orientalist, 
philosopher called Ernest Alfred Thompson, who um, was so impressed by her enthusiasm for Egypt, he encouraged her to study uh, its history and hero, I can't, I never pronounce this word, I can in my mind and out loud. You know the writings? Hieroglyphics. Hieroglyphics. Yeah. So um, she she moved away. She, they ended up moving to Sussex, but she continued her study of, Egypt, of ancient Egypt in libraries. And when she was 15, she described getting, like having this visit, this kind of apparition, this dream, where she was visited by uh, a mummy of Pharaoh Seti. So... She had sleep. She was sleepwalking. She had nightmares, and her behavior and her kind of conviction that she was of Egyptian descent or had somehow come from this ancient land led her to actually being kind of uh, treated for, you know, insanity. So after she left school at sixteen, she was she visited museums and archaeological sites around uh, Britain, which was kind of facilitated by her father's. Um, job he was setting up cinemas or investigating cinemas so they traveled a lot so she went around and everywhere she went she basically find any connection that she could to anything Egyptian um, she began to collect Egyptian artifacts she uh, took part in, in theater groups and performed a play based on the story of Isis and Osiris and she took up the role of Isis and basically it's this kind of the story of two fallen great Egyptian um, icons. So she then even took up a job working as a public relations for an Egyptian magazine. She wrote articles and drew cartoons that reflected her support of an independent Egypt. She actually then met her future husband, Iman, who was an Egyptian student. And he, but when he moved home to Egypt, she continued to write to them. And eventually, in 1931, she moved to Egypt. Uh, the two got married, and when she arrived first time in Egypt, she kissed the ground and announced that she had come home to stay. The couple lived in Cairo, and her husband's family gave her the nickname Bulbul. They had a son called Seti, which is where her name Om Seti comes from. It's mother of Seti. And um, she continued her kind of study of ancient Egyptian literature. Uh, she visited the pyramids. She visited the Fifth Dynasty Pyramid of Unas. She basically like settled in really, really well to life in Egypt. She continued to report these kind of apparitions and out-of-body experiences um, of these sort of minor details of life, what life might have been like in ancient Egypt. But then, right, she reported that she had an apparition from this sort of called Hor Hora who I'm not sure what a Hora is Hora I think we can it's all like, guess what a Hora is but it's some sort of ancient Egyptian pharaoh no I'm not like too familiar with Egyptian history as I don't imagine either of you are either so like let's the ask kind Google. of how do you spell it H O R dash or A. I think he's a pharaoh. 
Just like a significant ancient Egyptian. It's a pharaoh, yes. Yeah. Okay, so she reports that she has apparitions from Hora and slowly over 12 months, he visits her and starts to tell her details of her previous life. Um, the story took 20 or 70 pages of cursive writing and she described the life of a young woman in ancient Egypt who she had, and that person had died and she had reincarnated into the body of Dorothy Edie. So her name was Bethenstreit, which meant harp of joy, so we'll just call her joy. Um, she is of humble origin. Her mother was a vegetable seller and her father was a soldier during the reign of Seti I. When she was three... I thought you were going to stop at vegetable. <laughs> Jennifer? I still was funny. Um, when she was three, her mother had died and she was placed into the temple of a sultan because her father couldn't afford her. So she was brought up to be a priestess. And when she was 12 years old, the high priest asked her if she wished to go out in the world or stay and become a consecrated virgin. So without understanding fully what it was or having any alternative for a different life, she took the vows. So basically becoming kind of uh, married to the, the sort of the temple and... Um, becoming a priestess like what i imagine sounds like being a nun but yeah giving up your life for yeah so during those years she uh played in an annual drama of the story of osiris and isis and it's the, the play is osiris's passion and resurrection um and it's a it's a role that only virgin priestesses consecrated to isis could perform so one day seti the first visited her and spoke with her but they became lovers and um, the term is they eating they ate the uncooked goose which is basically the equivalent of like they ate the forbidden fruit so they had sexy time and she became pregnant um, so when she told the high priest who that she was pregnant he was you know outraged and said the gravity of her offense offense meant that she would most likely uh, be kind of sentenced to death at trial and unwilling to face the public scandal she committed suicide rather oh. than face trial oh my god well, she and pregnant. was then sentenced to living in sussex instead that's it and then she reincarnated into this body of dorothy Edie, and um yeah then lived out like she lived out the rest of her life I've, there's no i i've no idea whether they validated that story but i think the detail that she went into was corroborated um but she, yeah she just she left her husband then and in 19 she left her husband in 1935 um because he had to go teach in iraq she stayed in egypt the whole time after that and um yeah, but that was it. it. She became like she became. She worked then for the Department of Antiquities. Just lived out the rest of her life in Egypt. But yeah, loads of people point to this story as like a. There you go. An that example must have of reincarnation. But but they weren't mm. able to find this proof of, of who that woman. But I mean, was. it's yeah, like it's. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. Sorry. But like, there wouldn't have been. They would have hardly kept that on record. I guess, yeah. I guess yeah. there would be no. It was just the fact that she was she was so she was detailed. able to go and yeah, 
and she'd had this obsession with Egypt. But I mean, there you is know a what place. though? She spent her teens studying up, and then she didn't put her story together until after she'd been a kind of scholar of Egyptian history Good point, for Sophie. many years. So just lo and behold, after she already knew yeah. about all this shit. That's what makes me think that reincarnation isn't a thing. Well, one thing <laughs> that came to mind while you were talking was a documentary I watched. Oh, it was a very, I watched on YouTube. I'll find it. Uh, but it was the case of a kid who was telling the story to his parents over and over again about this kind of his previous existence and his name and all of these things. And eventually the, the parents were like, look, okay, let's go to the place that you want to go to. He, he, he kept describing this particular house. And sure, didn't he describe actual people? And that seemed to be a really compelling case. I mean, he would have had no yeah. fucking idea. I guess when you're watching it, the only way that that all could have been about I've watched is, that documentary. Yeah, is if the parents were just feeding him all this information. But yeah, he, that's, that's the thing. The kid was interviewed during it, but I just thought it was... I mean, it didn't seem to me as a non expert i was like I, i'm kind of believing this i believe that did you so see if i can find it um yeah i definitely remember being very like weirded out by the level of detail yeah because it all kind of did pan out yeah, yeah i suppose if you describe a place that you've never been to and then that turns out to be accurate then that's you know then I guess it's also like photos and stuff. But like she, she. Imagine how scary if that happened to you. Like if you'd sort of seen this place, and like the feeling then of coming to it in real life and being like, oh Jesus, I've been here before. Yeah. I remember. Um, I told here. you that story about the baby, the kid, older kid, and the fa- a friend of mine, a neighbors. They used to live close by us, and their mum told my mum a story about how their three-year-old went in or to the room of the new baby when they came home from the hospital. And the mum stood outside the door listening. And the three-year-old said, can you, can you remember what it was like? Can you t- remind me? I'm starting to forget. Isn't that <gasps> so fucking weird? Great. Yeah, and like three-year-olds say mad shit all, all, all the time. But I just thought that was an amazing Oh, they do. Weird. Wouldn't that be insane if we did like if you did have a previous life that you just forgot yeah. about um, but then I was looking up other stories of reincarnation because it was like that's interesting but like I just choose not to believe it and um, then I was looking up other are there any more like modern stories of people who claim to have been reincarnated and mm. it just came across this kind of like you know stories of people reporting reincarnation and there's this one in 2009 ryan hamas was four years old began waking up clutching his chest and screaming about how his heart exploded in hollywood his mother cindy became intrigued when ryan revealed more details from his former life insisted he once lived in a in hollywood on a street with the name rock in it he had three sons and a friend named senator fives so one day Cindy was going through a book featuring photos from old Hollywood and he looked over his shoulder and pointed to a photo and identified one man as George and himself as another man. So his mother Cindy contacted a psychiatrist from the UVA Medical Centre and the psychiatrist verified that the man in the photo was a film star named George Raft and the other man was Martin Martin 
who had died in 1964. So when Cindy contacted Martin's daughter, she confirmed Martin was a Hollywood agent, lived on North Roxbury Drive, had three sons, sons and was really good friends with Senator Irving Ives. So ah, they did he die of a heart attack? I don't know if he died of a heart attack, but they met up with Martin's daughter. But Ryan lost interest then when he met her. He was really standoffish at the meeting and told them, told his mother afterwards that his daughter's energy had changed. So imagine your four or five year old being like, oh yeah, my daughter's in a weird mood. And the, psychi- the psychiatrist said that when people from their past lives, um, when they see when you see people from your past lives and see that they've moved on your reincarnated self gains closure and you forget your former existence how fucking weird i mean it Mm. feels like a weird thing for a psychiatrist to say a doctor of the reality (laughs) of things but uh that's amazing but like interesting one of those things was that book in their house the book was in their house, but he uh, wasn't named in the book. It was just a photograph, coincidentally. Yeah. So they had to verify the people in the photograph. But like the Senator Fives thing and then having a friend called Senator Ives and saying that he lived on a street called Rocks and your man lived on Roxbury uh, yeah. Street. Like that is very close. But if it's to be believed, if Cindy isn't a lying bitch and has made up all these stories about her son. Well, that's true. But you know what would be fun? to play a joke on your co-parent and like basically kind of prep your kid for a reincarnation hoax that'd be great oh yeah that'd That'd be be that's a long game that's a a real long game and like that's a real long game a la cassie's little uh little toying with trish and absolutely (laughs) but it's so funny to like freak Zeb out with that. Of course. Like You've it. got a little fresh one there. I've got this one. I could work on this one from here, from now. He's busy though. He's, he's busy. got an absolute face full of tit here. Yeah. He's very irritated. Every time he cops that I'm doing something that's not just gazing adoringly at him, he gets irritated. And what? Well, that was fascinating. Who I would want you to read uh, everything about that now? Who would you. Uh, pretend that he's re- a reincarnation of like make it somewhat interesting yeah well you'd have to go you know, what a previous to... owner of your house so that would work that could be good yeah eilers or uh one of the sisters mm-hmm. they all died here in this room oh no make him um, someone really sassy with like sassy like <laughs> i mean you couldn't pick someone famous because Guys, but there'd be yeah. loads of information. It'd be hard to, to, to figure out whether it was true or not. Okay. Guys, I'm getting anxious, right? Because there's not enough time for me to tell you my story. But I want oh. to tell you the other story. Why is there not enough time? Because I, I don't know. I, I, just, I wanted to knit in this Do disgusting it. story with the reincarnated thing. But then you okay, moved past okay. the point of my knitting in as I was scrambling okay. for the link. So now I've just abruptly uh-huh. stopped your conversation and asked to I know, switch and to I my could have segued about Damn. I could have segued in about Syria, actually, funnily enough, as we were in the locale oh. for my story. But go oh. on, get yours in there. It's That's only scary. small. And I'm going back to something. It's a repeat on our last episode. Um, 
You remember the name Graham Yardley? Oh, who could forget? Because this guy, as the but Sunday forget, sport you gotta give it, us. You've got to give us the headline. Oh, here I or go. I'll have a tantrum. Okay, Peeping Tom dies up tree and has cock eaten by squirrels yards from Rowley off Grange Hill's house. <laughs> that it's the greatest the headline. Full headline. It's fucking it amazing. It's so isn't it? good. I'm just going to read you this. By the time Graham Yardley's journey <laughs> was discovered, right? Wedged into the fork of a chestnut tree, there was not a lot left of his genital area. Squirrels had quite literally oh. made mincemeat of his nuts and had almost completely devoured his penis. A dead man up the tree with his genitals gnawed by rodents is not something the police discover every day. But there were aspects of the case that made it more bizarre. For one thing, Mr. Yardley's trousers were apparently down when he died. And the neck strap, or oh, this is a sad bit. Sad, but I, I mean, the neck strap from a pair of binoculars was pulled tightly around his throat. There you go. Last week, oh an inquest God. in London. This is la- uh, I don't know when this came out. I think it was March of, of last year. Uh, so an inquest in London heard that Yardley, who had been convicted of voyeurism in the past, was most likely up a tree, peeping at ladies while masturbating. A home office pathologist he... said he was probably that he'd indulge in sort of autoerotic asphyxiation. One of those people. Just uh-huh. bored of the traditional wank, looking to step it up a level. I would have said a tree wank a would have been sort of enough of a level. Do you know? Um, he was. Yeah, oh, this and was is he, gross. he wasn't. Sorry, the, he was found because flesh was dripping onto the pavement below. Oh my God! Yeah, so as a passer, not get that detail last week. I know, disgusting. Passerby noticed dripping of flesh, looked up, and saw oh half God. of Mister Yardley. Oh my God! The fork of oh the tree. Oh no! Imagine being the but person like, he was talk, wanking at. Can we talk he, a bit more about Rowley off Grange Hill? I love that you love this. I just who the fuck I just is love he? So that that was drawn into it. I do. do you know what I mean? Like it's such a journey of a headline because, like, really, you're eleven words in and you're getting, you're loving life. Eleven words in, you're getting it all. Peeping Tom, <laughs> squirrel, literally eating his nuts, squirreling after his nuts, and then like they just still keep coming with more divine detail now it makes sense because the headline does feature a picture of graham himself but also another man and i was like who the fuck is that guy that's roly from grain chill (laughs) that's roly yeah it's a picture of like now roly oh (laughs) and then they also have then roly in a smaller inset that is fucking. I mean, imagine that was you. You're like, why the fuck have you printed my I photograph in this story? next to this yes. mental story? Yes. Yeah. I mean, you did nothing uh, to deserve it. They really missed a trick, though, with the minced meat comet. You know, like that the squirrel made minced meat of its mm. nuts. Like, mm. it, that just doesn't, that just feels lazy. I just feel there is better there, you know? Like made like 
Oh, Went nuts for his nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. It's obvious. Okay. That's probably just a bit too obvious. Nuts uh, for his know. nuts. It's so, fu- it's just too obvious. It's like there's no, it's just, it is what it is. You can't dress what? it up or dress what it down. What about local nutter? Now you're um, talking. Loses his nut after nutting in the tree. <laughs> <laughs> What Perfect. about, ah, 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 I've got it. Ha, pants down, nothing left, nothing left of his nuts. Brilliant. That, that really only works in an Irish accent. But yeah, I mean, there's so much there. So it's beautiful. Much. In, uh, well, in memory of Graham, there's a fucking brilliant photograph of Graham as well. Reclining on the grass, looks like an outdoorsy kind of gentleman. Uh, cigarette, oh, and cigarette in gob, lighter in other hand. A nice check shirt and a box of smokes in the top right hand corner. I mean, it looks as if he's been photographed moments before he got into Post the tree. Coitus. No, yeah, well, I guess because <laughs> he's in a fo- he's in a forest in the photograph. Um, yeah, it's fucking mental. Oh, oh poor Graham. I know. It does poor remind Graham. me. Though, if I was Rowley, though, I'd frame that. I mean, that's. I, I'm sure. I, it's unspeakably strange so odd and did they so like he he died from choking himself it what, were you saying last say. week that that um that that uh, mode of wanking is called the stranger wank i did not that say you that you were saying that no you described what, what you... asphyxiation as a strange wank oh yeah <laughs> it's the um, board it's the board of wanking needs a new area of interest it's yeah you're just pushing the envelope i suppose really aren't you just trying mm. out kind of different bits and bobs and eventually finding out that that's nice but like if anyone's listening i know we've only got a few few males among the listenership but we care about you guys and um i don't know what you might go in for but just as a psa a thing you're supposed to do when you do this is put a wedge of lemon in your mouth because if you take it too far and you start passing out from the chokey choke apparently there's some reflex that kicks in that makes you bite down and it would squirt the lemon in your mouth and that rises you enough to not i don't know anything about this now it's just i mean this sounds now like i'm talking very much from experience and i am not i would like to say but Apparently it raises you enough then to kind of whip the apparatus off and thus not die. Not I, I, I wouldn't recommend it. I think the best thing to do is just not, not do that. Don't do you it. Know, like, okay. Yeah. Do you reckon? I think it's... Okay, yes. we'll, okay, we'll dial the advice further back then. Don't do it, guys, okay? Donal. Or girls. Harry. Other Harry and Matthew. All of you just ease up now. 100% <laughs> girls can wank too. And be up a tree and have their lady. No, no, but off. I don't think. I don't think it's a shame. No, but I don't think it's the same, isn't it? Like, not to the same extent. Like, I think that you know, you'd like a little bit of sometimes a little bit of kind of you know pressure there in that area. Right. Cassie loves when I do. This whole this whole episode has <laughs> descended into dirty territory. Filth. 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 But I don't think that, uh, well, get in touch. But I don't think that, like, generally it has the same physiological. <laughs> Just get in I touch. I keep asking people to do really strange things. It's like with the live show last week, and I was editing the video, 
and you were asked the lads if their penises stay erect after they've come hey i said that they could assess how comfortable they felt about answering the question and if they felt like they wanted to answer the fair i get it was very i was very open to them ignoring me people answered it was just that like now this is very unfair because you've dragged it out of context cassandra and you're just acting like I brought that up out of nowhere. And I would like to say it was off the back of a filthy story that you were telling about a man who'd had an erection for weeks and weeks and weeks. And I was just worried that he wasn't having any of the payoff of having See, the that listeners, erection for weeks on The end. listeners of this episode won't know that unless they're a patron. So the only way to see the in-context Sophie... <laughs> asking the male audience about their penises is to go over to patron patronize us and watch back patronize us do it i just wanted um just uh, just to be educated in the matters i just don't have a dick so i couldn't you know i suppose i could ask one of you the are surrounded men by that them. i live with i know i am drowning in dick now at this point it is so sad for me i do feel for me this is my childhood I, I do three brothers i know God damn it. That's grand. It's grand though. Um, anyway, so I have, have uh, will, will I just do it? Mine's pretty short. Mine's pretty quick. Yeah, you perfect. probably remember this story. But funnily enough, it's not, um, you know, as I said, geographically speaking, we're staying in the same area, sort of. Mm. Um, so, do you guys remember the story uh, only a few years ago now of the three women from Chechnya? Who um ah ah Sonny just vomited down my back right onto oh, bare skin. Bollocks. I'll just um I'll just carry on like the professional that I am. I'm gonna wipe it into this cushion because it's Seb's pillow. Perfect. Okay. Um I mean I'm sitting on Seb's bed. Okay, so yes, do you remember the three women from Chechnya who um started catfishing isis uh oh my god there's more oh my god sonny i just hang on hang on i need to no it's no it's too turn around there let's much. have a look do you want to see it yeah a little chunda Please. machine can you see it there no it's nothing oh, so no. oh we can't see it it no, must it's... be transparent puke oh it's very moist it's gone yeah okay hang on just give it another little there we go okay Seb's bed just absolute lovely micro revenge you love micro revenging people in the family don't you mm-hmm. like messing with their stuff and things like that you know toothbrushes and whatnot anyway fucking hell these three three I frankly gas bitches from Chechnya started catfishing um, Islamic uh, fighters uh, sorry ISIS like um, ISIS fighters ISIS militants so do you remember this? Mm-hmm. no they they scammed money um, basically they catfished um, uh, the kind of militant lads on social media saying that they were only dying to come and um be, you know, brides of the, um, you know, ISIS fighters. And uh, 
and all that was standing in their way was the funding that they would need to uh, to get there and so the recruiters um the re- ISIS recruiters were often willing to provide um travel expenses and they would send the money via anonymous electronic transfers and then the gals would just cash the money and delete the social media account that was used in the con beautiful Brilliant. i think it is the ballsiest most deranged and reckless thing i've ever heard and i am in awe of these women it was a three woman three girl they were young like very young three girl operation they got over three grand from the islamic state recruiters before being caught by um chechen police who were um monitoring kind of uh activities because the old isis social media recruiting is a big racket did you guys i mean are you kind of aware of much of this like well i guess that that was the only way that they would be able to do it over wasn't there was a huge issue with you know extremists recruiting via facebook and youtube and yeah yeah. like targeting any like muslim communities in america in europe um yeah and uh like they did um convince actually uh I read this other story while I was um, researching that of um, uh, just such a brilliant headline. Um, I mean, I shouldn't, but I mean, I'm not laughing at it, but like teenagers who ran away to marry ISIS fighters are now pregnant and want to come home. I mean, do you know who covers this extensively? And it's really kind of, they cover it obviously from the salacious affair. The relationship didn't work out. But chat magazine, chat. chat magazine. I knew it was going to be a chat like, buzz. It's yes. a real, it's a real story of coercion, manipulation, international relations, international politics, human trafficking. It's extremely complex. Yeah. Yes. Read all about it in Chat Magazine or read on it all about it lifedeathprizes.com. And like, does Chat Magazine have the kind of journalistic chops? You're to, answering uh, that question as you ask it, I think. <laughs> I I am um, the biggest advocate of Chat Magazine, actually, seconded only by Megan Cassidy. Take a break. No, we, we oh. constantly praise Chat and Take a Break because they know what they are. They deliver the goods. They don't promise you anything other than what they deliver. And it's always fulfilling. I read it cover to cover. I do the crosswords. It's a great... I might go get one now. I have to go get petrol. I might pick up a little copy of chat. Treat yourself. I thought you were going to say, sorry, that the only thing you think is as good as chat is take a break. And I was going to say, honestly, take a break. Sorry, it's far superior to chat. Do you think? I like the layout of chat magazine. My favourite page is the tips when there's someone from like Sussex who's like, if you use an empty toilet roll holder, holder full of bird seed, you'll get birds into your garden. I just stuff my <laughs> seeds into an old tight and then shove it into the toilet roll holder and here's a birdhouse. <laughs> I think your English accent is flawless. on problematic. Is it? Flawless. Flawless. But anyway, isn't that totally insane? Like, I just... These women, like, they are trolling a group that broadcast beheadings. Like, 
Magnificent. It is an intense power move. It is it is ballsy. I am scared for them still. And this was like, it was three years ago that they conned the three grand out of them. The poor Austrian teenagers, I don't know um, what they were thinking, frankly. These are the ones who were like 15 and 17 and um, went to do to marry the ISIS um, freedom fighters and then changed their minds after um, becoming pregnant. Just oh so disastrous. And like basically um, they had they had been like a big coup for um for isis because like they're like you know european teenagers they're austrian and they were like being held up as the kind of poster girl jihadi brides and um they they their social media accounts were taken over by isis social media managers to like promote this kind of glamorous sort of idea of their lives as uh, you know Isis brides it's it's a mad it's a mad one I mean they were both listed as missing persons on Interpol at the time um, but basically then like um, their parents found notes from them saying don't bother coming to look for us we're serving Allah and then obviously duffed up a few months later not as into the kind of uh, you know terrorist life terrorist bride lifestyle it didn't kind of garner thing. much uh, sympathy did it media it's, wise mm, the newspapers yeah not. but these people become um you know radicalized by the content they consume and what they're faced with there's a great podcast at the moment from the new york times called rabbit hole oh it mm. is phenomenal it's just brilliant it's tr- it's investigating how people become radicalized on YouTube. Then it goes into a bit more just about YouTube and how it was designed. It's kind of along, you know, my my contemporary history special subject would be how the internet is designed to keep us addicted and it's a really bad thing and how we should just turn off the internet mm. with a with a, a sub-thesis in Cambridge Analytica. But um, it kind of goes into all of that and how YouTube has been designed and how the algorithm was created to uh, get people watching things they didn't even know they were interested in yet so predicting their behavior giving them more of what they like more of what they like more extreme views so like not just feeding you the same stuff over and over again but anticipating how you're going to feel about it in the future and giving you more extreme versions of those thoughts and how that led to kind of a radicalization of the alt-right um and it's fascinating so like Totally understandable how people go off and join ISIS, I think. It's like how we're all very left-leaning and very liberal people. We just surrounded ourselves with other leftist liberal people. Um, there We should pause to shout out the Irish-made documentary about Jihadi Jane. Mm. Do, do you guys... It's only just recently out. And uh, it's... Um, you know, you're one... Oh, I'm going to get it wrong. Well, the director is Kieran Cassidy anyway, and he's made a documentary called Jihad Jane. And it sounds like so up creeps, um, creeps Ali in that she was like a radicalized American woman in her like 50s um, called Colleen LaRose. And uh, she, it's like, she basically was having an extremely difficult life, very turbulent time in her life. 
and like she was that kind of like vulnerable person that is just going to be susceptible to this kind of targeted you know um radicalization and uh she wound up uh involved in a plot to kill a swedish cartoonist <gasps> and kicker living in waterford i do love when they're just down in waterford or there's somewhere that just you don't expect them to be Absolutely. That's fucking amazing. Fucking one of us. Yeah. Rent that. You guys had a quick look at that. You can that. you can rent that on YouTube. Yeah. Well, I'll definitely be doing that. Yeah. Sometimes after uh, these chats and podcasts, I go home and I'm like, Lydia, let's watch this. Let's go into something so creepy. But like, you can kind of forgive. Poor Lydia and Alexandra are sick of listening to my conspiracies, my creeps, my stories, my darkness. They don't find the same joy in the creep that we do you have Absolutely. to disguise your creep the exact from same your loved difficulty ones. with seb yeah but do you not find actually over the last couple of weeks we've been kind of doing the creep more the creep the creeps out there have become a lot more vocal as well sending in a lot more stories it is a little bit overwhelming because the world is bleak and what a place to end it the episode Say, not the world <laughs> it's bleak Say chic it's bleak they freak well um, thank you for coming back and listening if you fancy more consider you know patronisation there is a lot more available behind that sweet sweet patron there table. is so much there someone messaged us the other day to say they've run out of creep content I have no idea how you can there are like so many hours of the live videos on patron there's the previous hives there's some good chats happening there in the comment section Go on over. Cre- creeping for love if you're looking for a romantic partner. Mm. We can help you with that too. Um, there's a, you know, a toast to toast forthcoming. You know. <laughs> mm. Can't Early wait. Access. Mm. Anyway, look, if you also, we could anyway, do with a few reviews so on. Much. We could do with a few reviews on YouTube if you're listening and you're thinking, Oh, it'd be nice to support these girls. You could off you could opt to you know, rate, review and subscribe and write us a little ditty. On YouTube or on iTunes. iTunes. Oh yeah. I was like, YouTube, what's going on over there? Do we have a YouTube channel? We That'd do. be fun. Kind of. We have a YouTube channel. Do we? They're unlisted because they go on our our Patreon. We give I nothing out. A YouTube a YouTube channel so creepy and stealth, I've never even heard about it. I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see You're you next week. afraid I'll bring my toast to toast there. Okay. <laughs> Bye, guys. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. 
There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.